Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Filters. I'm your co-host Lizzie. And I'm your co-host Aaron. And today we're tackling a topic that's at the core of every relationship, and that's conflict resolution. We'll be delving into what it truly means to fight fair, and more importantly, how to reconnect in your relationship after a disagreement. Throughout the episode, we'll open up about our personal experiences, sharing what we've learned about each other's fighting behaviors. You know, it's a journey of understanding, growth, and sometimes the ongoing struggle to find common ground after the argument. Our discussion will also be rooted in some scientific research by studies and different experts within the field to help provide some valuable perspectives on conflict resolution and tools and tips to actually help you out so that you and your partner can work on strengthening your bond. Yeah, gonna get our little Andrew Huberman on here. Before we jump in to today's episode, let's do a little recap on anything that's been happening in the last week. I mean, really not that exciting stuff. The weather's been kind of shit, so we've been inside for the most part. Well, the thing about the weather being kind of crappy is that it was super wildcard weekend for football. And I think it's safe to say that the pack are back. Go Packers, go. Yeah. So much football around this house. There has been a lot of football, but for good reason. Playoffs are around and I've really never been into football like I am this year, but I'm just super into it. And it's good to see that my favorite team, I kind of have two favorite teams, but only one of them actually made it into the playoffs. So, so sad. I'm very happy about that. They're actually going to be playing your dad's favorite team, the 49ers, next week. So kind of scared. The 49ers are a powerhouse. I don't know who to cheer for. Do I cheer for my dad's team, your team? I don't really have a favorite team. I think you should cheer for the underdog because everyone loves an underdog story. Anyway, so lots of football, which has been nice for me too, because when you're really into football, I get to do my own thing, hang out with the girls, clean the apartment, get my OCD vibe on and some of my cleaning therapy. Um, What was it? I think it's on Saturday. Whenever the 13th was, was the one year anniversary of my boob job, which is crazy. Oh my God. It feels like I've had them for so long, but it's been such little time. I feel like they're just a part of me now that I was born with these. Well, I mean, they are a part of you now, but um, genuinely though, like six months ago, I feel like felt like you'd had them your whole life. But now that we're on a one year anniversary of it, it seems like, holy shit, you've had them for a full year now. Like that's crazy. It feels like it was only yesterday that you had the surgery, but man, oh man, gotta love them titties. I love them. I feel like people don't talk about it very often, but I'm super happy to have them. Obviously, if you don't like something about yourself, you can do something to change it. I was pretty proud to be in the itty bitty titty committee, but I felt like I wanted a bit more of a connection to myself. And sometimes it means just getting a pair of breasts. I don't know if that's weird to say or not. I've been pretty open about my journey on Instagram, but I didn't do anything big like Alex Earl or do a big party, but just taking a little bit to acknowledge my new boobs that I'm going to hopefully enjoy for another 10 years. I would also hope you enjoy them for another 10 years. They weren't exactly the cheapest things in the world. So I would, yeah, I hope that they last a long time. Investment for my happiness or just my confidence too. I feel like I've been really, really confident in myself, which I didn't even know I could get to this point. So I don't know if you've noticed that or anything, but I, I feel like I felt it in myself. Yeah. And you were beautiful before. And oh my God. And stuff, but um, <laughs> you're supposed to say that. I don't know. You definitely just you being more confident with them also adds to how attractive you look with them because now oh. when you're wearing certain dresses or tank tops that before you'd be insecure to wear or like, yeah, I don't know, you wouldn't want to wear them out, whatever it was. But now you're full confident. You're like, yeah, check me out. Well, I mean, if I want to, like if I want to go somewhere nice and show them off, I can and if I don't want to, I don't have to, which is also really nice because they're not very big, right? Like there's, I didn't get big jugs or anything like that on my chest, but that's it. One other thing, Spain, we've been planning for our trip to Spain. We, as in basically you have been planning for our trip to Spain. I'm kind of the type of person that I'll think of two or three things like in each city that we want to do. And yeah. as long as we get them done while we're there, I don't really care. But you're like, I want to plan out every second of every day. This is what our plan will be. Yeah. I like having a good idea of what my days are going to look like. So the next 
can plan where to eat, where I can go and sightsee, where I need to buy a ticket. I don't plan things by the minute, but at least like I have like four or five things I want to do. Anyways, I've been really into it this last week. Any free time that I've been looking at TikToks of places to eat and things to do and see in Spain. So I'm so excited. I'm excited too. And we're good travel buddies in the fact that like I may not plan as much as you do, but I do constantly want to be going. I want to yep. like, especially if we're going over to Europe, I want to squeeze every single bit of fun and adventure and learning and sightseeing that I can out of it. So make it worth I, a while. Yeah. And I think you're the same way. So. Oh, absolutely. We'll get up early and we will go to bed late just to make sure we can do things. We I don't we travel really well together. We've traveled quite a bit, but we haven't traveled internationally. I mean, to well, Europe. We, yeah, we, yeah, we've yeah, gone we, to the US, but our biggest trip together by far. And I'm excited to like connect with you on a deeper level too. Maybe we'll do an episode about traveling with your partner because so far, so good. We are pretty darn good at traveling together and liking to do the same thing. So it's still a couple months away before we're going to Spain, but I like to plan things in advance. So anyways, is that it? Do you have anything else you want to say? No, I think that's it. I guess we may as well just get into the episode, shall we? Okay, let's start off this episode by talking about why fighting matters and why reconnection, remediation after matters even more. You and I, we've been together for six years now, and it probably wasn't until past our first year of being together that we actually started to fight about some serious stuff. Nothing crazy, but... That's definitely when we started getting into, I don't want to say past the honeymoon phase, but where we started to realize some of the things that really annoyed us about each other. Yeah, we had blinders on for that first year, and that's normal. That's a thing that people usually understand. We're on our best behaviors. We're not showing the sides of ourselves that maybe we're not so proud of and that we're insecure about. So it took us a little bit. But after that year mark, we started to really show a bit of our truer colors in terms of fighting. It's a stage that everyone has to go through. And I feel like that's the stage where a lot of relationships either become strong enough so that they will continue on for a number of years or forever. On the other side, that's where a lot of relationships end because people just aren't ready to make it through that phase because it takes a lot of effort. It's difficult when you're in a relationship and you may have has to. If I didn't really care that much about a guy, I didn't even bother fighting and I just ended it there because I didn't care enough to try and make things work. And so with us, we don't really hold much back. We're quite honest with each other, but fighting is important. You have to get your side out there. And what really matters is at the end of the day, you're recovering from that argument and hopefully learning something from it because if you're going to be with your partner and hopefully be with them forever, it's definitely not the last time you're going to go through anything difficult. So the expectation is that there will be more fights to come. Definitely. So first off, reason why fighting matters, conflicts happen. It's normal, but having a fair fight can allow us to get stuff off our chest. So you don't end up keeping it inside and building resentment towards your partner. It's like hitting a reset button for our emotions. On the other side of that, which is equally as important, is you need to really understand the differences between you and your partner. We've noticed that a lot of our conflicts come from seeing things differently, but the cool part about that is addressing them. It really helps us get a better understanding for each other and see where the other person is coming from. So it's like turning conflict into a learning opportunity, which I think you really have to do in order to continue fighting fair and connecting with your partner. It's hard to see it in the moment, but we've come a long way from our first fight to even our most recent fights. And you think that over time, you would hopefully get better at it because the first time we ever fought, we didn't know how either of us would react in any type of situation. And you're right. It's like a, it's a nice reset on hitting our buttons of emotions if we held anything in. Also, you get to just express yourselves instead of hiding it from your partner, wondering how they're going to react and what they're going to think in terms of the differences. You and I grew up so differently and yeah. our parents and our home styles were quite different as well in terms of like how people fight coming from a loud family coming from a family who doesn't talk like there's so many different situations with that so now that you and i are creating a life for ourselves 
now we have a different environment of how we fight. Another part of why I think fighting and arguing is important is it provides a lot of relationship growth. So believe it or not, working through these challenges together will make you so much stronger. It's like a team building exercise for relationships. You're on the same team. You're not fighting against each other. And really, at the end of the day, you want to come to a conclusion that everybody is hopefully somewhat happy with. Some of these challenges may not feel so great in the moment, but at the end of it, the growth that comes out of it is worth it. And teams always work better when, you know, there's camaraderie between teammates. If you can instill that idea in relationships, it usually leads to just better relationships overall. Sometimes when we're fighting, you and I have both stopped the conversation and being like, wait, we're in a team together. We're not fighting against each other. We need to come to realize that. And it, it takes a lot to bring yourself into that moment because when you're fighting, you just see red, right? Like you and I have both been there. Yeah, I know. I definitely just see red when we're fighting. So and in terms of trust, that's another big thing. Why couples don't last together is when you're fighting, there's a bit of that worry that things may be unstable or that your level of trust isn't fully going to be there. Fighting and navigating all of that is trust building 101. It shows that we can handle issues like adults and build a sense of security within each other. So when we go into fights, we're not going in it being like, oh my God, at the end of it, he's going to want to break up with me. He's going to want to end things with me. We're going into it being like, we're setting up for war. We're going into battle, but hopefully at the end of the day, we're coming out of it stronger. And trust is really the glue that holds everything together. If you don't have that, I mean, there's so much uncertainty of knowing where your relationship is going to go. And that is just a feeling that I have had in my relationships in the past. And I just haven't felt that with you. And with trust, you know, we met when we were in college. So I can say we were both not very mature. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I really didn't know how to fight, I guess. So for better or worse, I didn't have too much conflict in my life that required to be fighting with someone. But I don't know where I was going with that. But anyway, me and Lizzie learned a lot about each other early on. And I did a lot of growing up in a fighting sense as we went through our years together. Yeah, and me too. I've, I've learned a lot from it and we'll get to that later on in the episode. But this kind of then flows nicely into why fighting is important is you just improve your communication with your partner. Good conflict resolution involves talking it out, listening and understanding, even if it takes an hour or even if it takes till four in the morning, which you guys, we have been there. Aaron and I have gone through six hour stints of fights, arguing and crying and yelling at each other. But Improving your communication is so important. So every time we go through conflict, we're leveling up on our communication skills. I mean, hopefully that's the goal. I'm not saying that every fight we have, we're better at communicating. Sometimes we take a bit of a step back because we get complacent. We get back into habits of our old ways, but we, we try and do better than we have in the past. Yeah. And it's something we still struggle with and that I think we both come to the understanding that it's something we'll have to chip away at and work on for probably the rest of our lives. Whatever it is in us, you know, people are stuck in their ways and they pick up on things growing up that makes them fight and makes them emotional in certain ways. You're not going to be able to change that in a day, a month or even a year. It's really something that you have to continually work on and it may never fully get perfect. All you can do is try your best. And I think we do a pretty good job of that. Yeah, just try your best. We've gone really good at communicating on things that we fight about that have come up a few times. But when there's new things come up, right? So for example, house chores and stuff like that, we fight about that probably a couple times a year. It always comes up. But when it comes to new territories of like this house stuff that we've talked about in the past couple of episodes, completely new territory for us that we didn't even know how to navigate because we're talking about much different and larger topics that seem a bit more serious. And so we've struggled through that quite a bit. But yeah, like 
Oh, what was I going to say? I for- <laughs> I had a really good train of thought there of what I wanted <laughs> to say about her communication. But, oh, also, I was going to say a little bit of the not chaotic mindset of me, but it would be so boring if we were together and we were just 100% great at communicating with each other. It, it keeps you on your toes. It keeps you guessing, not encouraging any toxic behaviors for couples who are fighting. I don't want to say fighting's fun because it's really not, but life would be boring being with your partner if for whatever reason you two came together and you're perfectly in sync. Like, I first of all, don't think I'd be with you if that was the case, but it keeps us on our toes. Yeah, I've always, if people know me, they know that I love chaos. I would prefer not to get that through fighting, but hey, like Lizzie said, sometimes you need that little shot of energy in you. Yeah, and of emotional connection is a big one. I think a lot of our more deeper connections we felt was us coming back from conflict, you know? So whether I did something that I truly regretted that I felt so awful about. There's a sense of you probably feel a little bit of relief because I've come to admit something that I've done wrong and you feel understood and vice versa. I've been in that situation with Aaron like the other way around and understanding each other's feelings, the reaffirming love, it's huge. Especially when you get into some kind of bigger, deeper fights, you can really see the raw emotion of the other person and seeing someone in that vulnerable state can really, like we said, increase that emotional bond with the other person. If you feel really upset about something and let's say you raise your voice and you're yelling a little bit or or same thing for me, sometimes it takes us by a bit of shock because that's not the reaction that we expected. But then you really see how they're feeling. And sometimes that's needed. And sometimes that's just not easy to do on a good day, bringing up a conversation that you feel like you want to talk about. There's never a right place or right time to talk about hard things and show your emotions that way. Again, just another reason why fighting and reconnecting is very important in a relationship is that it can really help prevent resentment. Like there's nothing worse than having something build up. And then if you don't ever say anything at all, you just start to not like the person because of they think, like subconsciously it starts to like twist your mind into thinking that they're doing that maybe despite you or they don't see it the same way you do but if you never let the person know that it's really a relationship killer there's nothing worse than resenting the person that you're supposed to love it can really it affects your day-to-day with them it affects how you perceive them and like i said that is just inevitably what ends up killing the relationship and just having genuine negative feelings towards your partner which should not be the case yeah and not to say that it's not okay to feel a little bit of resentment you're human you're allowed to have your emotions and feelings about certain things but where it gets unhealthy is when you pile it up or you continuously start to pile things up over and over again and that becomes your natural behavior for communication and that's where it becomes a problem and you need to work on that and i think you and i have both been at fault for holding a little bit of resentment on certain things without speaking it and so we have a little bit of less of that nowadays and we're pretty good at picking up on our cues of like physical or verbal of how we are day to day so that if I feel like there's something going on I just make sure to ask you like hey is everything okay like is something bothering you and you do the same for me I pretty much wear my heart on my sleeve so it's hard for me to hide those types of things but you I think by my exact facial expressions how I'm feeling and you know exactly what they mean yeah I know your facial expressions tone of voice I've I think I've pretty much picked up on it. But uh, the last thing with this is that it helps to promote individual growth. Conflict resolution isn't just about making up. It's a chance for personal growth as well. I've really learned a lot more about myself. I know I learn best by making mistakes, trial and error, and then reflecting back on it and realizing, oh, I should have done this differently. I could have done that differently. And then you do your best to try to incorporate that into the next few times that you fight or with anything, really. I think that fighting, again, is important. Well, the fighting may not be as important, but definitely resolving conflicts with you and your partner is definitely important for 
even yourself. So every time we go through one of these fights, we usually try to come out a little wiser and a little more evolved. And sometimes the way we like to wrap up our arguments and stuff too is like, what can we do better next time so we don't come to this place again? And what are some things that we can do? So like, I don't, I would, I would say at least more than half the times we fight, we're like, what did you learn? What did I learn? What can we do to just not hurt each other and express our feelings better and hopefully try and avoid the situation from happening again? It's not perfect all the time, but even just taking that one step can help you reflect on your actions and perspectives. Yeah, don't be afraid to hold each other accountable. You're a team. You want each other to strive to be better. Fighting is good too because the way that you stand up for yourself and expressing your feelings, it can make you feel more confident and it can make the partner that you are with respect your boundaries and also like, I guess, fight fair, right? When you're confident in yourself, you're not disrespecting yourself. You're not disrespecting your partner. When you have confident thoughts and your partner is also confident in sharing how they're feeling, that is huge growth as an individual, getting perspective on yourself and your partner it's always a constant journey there's never going to be an end to the fights there's never going to be an end to challenges that come up in your life yeah all you can do is make sure that you try to learn something even if it's a little bit make yourself a little bit better from each of these and yeah life always throws something at you so try to be prepared and use maybe some of the simpler fights to help you with what will eventually be bigger fights or not even fights but just conflicts and things that will come up in your life Yeah, when we fight about certain things, I oftentimes am saying like, if we're fighting about this now, what is it going to be like in 10 years when we're fighting about something even bigger that may be related to this or not? That's always a, I guess, a concern for me in my life. I don't know. Just maybe it's the way that I grew up and stuff. And I'm always wondering what if, where I'm thinking that there'll be worse things down the line. I know you don't really think that way too much. It's more my like thought behavior and a bit of what I struggle with. But that's how I always try and like think about our fights too, whether or not they're small or big. Well, yeah, I may not think that way, but I think it's great that you think that way. Yeah. You know what I think it's really weird is the glorification of couples who don't fight and the idea that they're like in a perfect relationship almost because they don't fight. What are you what are your thoughts on that? Like I've I mean, hey, if your life is so perfect that you don't fight and you found the absolute perfect partner for you that you think they can walk on water and you think they do no wrong and whatever, then hey, you're a better person than I am. But or maybe you're a little bit delusional thinking that there's nothing to argue and fight about. And maybe you're just not even realizing you're like holding things back. It's never been me. It's it won't be me. Also, just boring. Like you don't fight about anything. Really, there's nothing about your partner that you don't like that doesn't bother you like And not to a toxic level, but I just find it so odd when I'm like asking people about their partners or even growing up, seeing certain relationships where everything seems so great. I'm always in the back of my head like thinking, is that true? Though really, no, there's something going on that they're not sharing, which is fine because I don't think we need to know everybody's business. But I just think it's a red flag when couples don't fight. I feel the same way. I feel like the couples that don't fight probably when they get to a point where they do have to have a fight. It's probably over something big that they may have been resenting the other person for. And then that can be a big turning point in the relationship where, again, you make it or break it. Exactly. Yeah. So you might be thinking, why? Like, wouldn't that be a good thing? It turns out it might not be all sunshine and rainbows. And here's why it could be a red flag. The first thing is just a lack of open communication. 
Healthy relationships thrive on open communication, and if a couple avoids conflict altogether, it might suggest that there's a fear of expressing your true feelings or concerns, and in the long run, this can really hinder the depth of connection and understanding between partners. For us, it's not really an issue anymore, but it was definitely a factor that played a part in us going to therapy. Yeah. We really had to work on our communication skills in the beginning, and once we, like Lizzie talks about how we're still in the honeymoon phase, but we definitely go through phases where we're not in the honeymoon phase yes for sure it was our second year or third year of university yeah school was stressful we were stressed on each other and it became to a point where we would start arguing about stuff or like these minor conflicts would come up and it would just get so heated we really got to a point where we weren't really even talking about the conflicts or the issues we were just bringing up issues with how we were talking about the issues eventually we decided we just needed a third party to help us sort those situations out and just establish the right lines of communication and maybe give us some tips on how to get through that. And once we did do that, I felt like I had a lot better understanding of you as a partner and what I was like as well. Another reason that it's really not a good thing or it could be a red flag if they're if you're in a relationship and you're not arguing is that there could be some suppressed issues there. If you never argue, it means you're never addressing issues, you're avoiding difficult conversations, concerns, disagreements, and you're really just sweeping all of that under the rug. And that can lead to a lot of unspoken tension or resentment with your partner. And you don't want to hide that part of yourself. I know it can be really difficult with different people that you're in relationships with and stuff too, but I don't know. You want to get to a point where you're confident in yourself to be able to say what you think and not suppressing your own thoughts that are important to you. Individuality is a really important thing in relationships. And if you really just never bring up issues that you have, it can really change the way that, you know, you change your morals and your ethics and how you really... Like your true beliefs, right? can be morphed over time and you could have blinders that get put over your eyes of not realizing that to like much later down the line, which you don't want. Yeah, you'd rather address those issues right away because the longer you wait, the worse and worse they get. We talked about in our previous episode of how we met that when we first met we quickly realized that our morals and ethics were quite aligned but even to this day there's small things or big things that we still have open conversations about to make sure that we're still aligned on those because as we get older we mature we go through different life experiences even as a couple together so you always need to do those little checkpoints to make sure are you guys on the same page and if not talk about it don't suppress it Yes, definitely. Fear of confrontation is a big one. I think a lot of couples are afraid to speak their mind or be in any type of conflict with the worry that either one person's going to want to break up or that there'll be some irreparable damage that could happen from it. And that is definitely the case. We've definitely been in some arguments where we're worried of like, oh my God, are we even going to get through this? Is this situation big enough that we can survive it or get through it or change as individuals or do we even want to change that's a really big thing while this intention might be to preserve a relationship by like you know avoiding confrontation it can actually hurt your relationship and prevent the growth that can come from facing challenges together as a powerhouse as a team not against each other one example we can bring up that is both very relatable hopefully to other people listening is chores around the house the idea that roommate problems are not relationship problems and for a long time i was pretty ocd about my living space and how clean i wanted things to be aaron also talked about in a different episode how 
he just grew up in a bit of a different environment with the boys. Like you weren't always super clean or tidying things up constantly, like maybe girls typically would. I don't know if that's like misogynistic to say, but <laughs> I think it, it's a thing, right? And I used to be really afraid to ask Aaron to pick up his clothes or like put the dishes in the dishwasher because for the most part, the reaction I would get is you would roll your eyes at me or make a sigh noise. And that would just upset me because I'm like, now we're going to have to talk about it. Now we're going to fight about it like we have before. And I would be hesitant in bringing it up to you, but I'm like, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be afraid to tell you to pick up your dirty clothes. You know, like it's we're sharing the space together. Hey, that was something I after you brought it up to me a few times, I learned that, okay, I really just have to be a little more considerate and a little, what's the worst? Just I have to be more on the ball with that sort of stuff. And I still have moments where I kind of lack and you have to bring it up with me. But at least now there's no fear. Like you have full authority to bring it up with me. I won't make too much of a fuss. I might make a little huff if I'm playing video games or something. But you keep me on my toes too, because I see those things. If I slack on them, you make a point to be like, look who didn't clean her dishes today you know because i'm on you about it so then i'm like oh shit i can't just always expect aaron to be the one doing it i have to pull my weight and pull my side of like the drawers up to, to get shit done so fear of confrontation not really an issue for us but i can totally see where some of that fear may come from different couples just one last point on this is that if you're in a relationship and you're not bringing things up and having conflicts with your partner is that you could have a lot of unmet needs in the relationship a relationship always involves at least two individuals and each individual has individual needs and expectations and if there's never any conflict it can mean that one or both of the partners aren't expressing their needs and over time unmet needs can lead to frustration and dissatisfaction this was a problem with me and lizzie early on where i personally as someone that needs my alone time and i want to maintain relationships with friends and you know lizzie's pretty much been integrated fully into my friends but there's definitely a difference in when lizzie not i don't want to say there's too much of a difference when lizzie's around but sometimes i just need time with the boys and to be fair to the boys they don't always want lizzie around either not that they don't want you around but this is when like a girlfriend is there or like a boyfriend is there if i'm hanging out with the girl so like you need a bit of that separation which i totally get yeah and there was a period there um especially like when we were going through school where i just feel like those needs weren't being met, met yeah and it was kind of hard to bring it up with lizzie but our communication wasn't fully there i guess like i wish in a sense i should have probably realized that you needed more of that time but you also didn't express them very clear to me like in those moments i've worked on them and like i have started to really realize and value and respect aaron's need for those so it really wasn't until i graduated but i started to make my own friends that were outside of our friends together or your specific friends which has helped our relationship so much and i started to realize it was meeting my needs that i didn't even know that i needed like you know having good girlfriends to have conversations with that were super close to me i guess i like went without having that for so long that I didn't know I needed it where you were so used to having it and once that was taken away from you you're like oh my god no I'm missing that part of me that I feel like I need again yeah and at least for me and I think in hindsight for you it was very important to have that but like all this to say if I didn't express those needs to Lizzie I like it was already getting to a point where I was starting to resent it a little bit yeah but if I had to let that foster for too much longer like I don't know if we'd be here today I know it wouldn't have been good I want to do a separate 
episode on this of like making friends, how to keep them and just going through different phases of your life where you have friends, where you don't have friends that you feel like you connect with because it's just a journey of growing up. And I think it'd be really interesting for us to talk about how we've made friends as a couple, like our friends versus having separate individual friends that we don't mesh together in our worlds, which is also very normal, really healthy and important. Okay, now we're going to get into probably the more important aspect of this episode, and that's developing healthy conflict management skills. I just want to say we're going to try to incorporate some scientific backed research articles, but all we have is our undergrad. We're no Andrew Huberman. I'm going to try my best. We'll put the studies in the show notes. Take a look at them for yourself if you really want to, but we're just going to really do our best to give you the best points of those of those research studies. Anyway, so research has shown to prove that dealing with conflict effectively can improve intimacy and relationship satisfaction. It's also shown that conflict is a natural aspect of human relationships and not necessarily negative. Humans have evolved technologically past the point of hunter-gatherers, but biologically, we're still hunter-gatherers, so stress and conflict is second nature to us. And because of this, we've developed specific verbal and nonverbal skills to help us manage different types of conflicts. The ones we're going to touch on specifically were developed from observing over 4,000 videotapes of communication behavior during conflict. So essentially what they did was take a study group of people, put them in a room, give them different conflict scenarios, and then they videotaped how people reacted, how their verbal and nonverbal cues were in dealing with these conflicts, and got psychologists, clinical studies to observe these videotapes and touch on A, the key factors on how, or the best factors on how these conflicts were resolved, and then B, some of the not so great ways that these conflicts were resolved. So this really does a good job of really breaking it down into certain skill sets that you need to effectively manage conflict. Two of these biggest ones that Lizzie and I struggle with are, for me, tone of voice. I can sometimes be a little condescending when Lizzie gets a little too emotional. I think we've touched on this earlier in the episode, but I am logical through and through. When I Yeah, your emotional sense is just not there and apparent, where for me, I lean on the emotional side and sometimes think a little bit less logically. So you can only imagine, like picturing Aaron and I in conflict situations, how we talk to each other. And that's something that we have to be really cognizant of and be mindful of that we're a whether it's having a direct or softer approach, like you have to learn what your partner needs or even gauging within the situation. If you don't know who that person is and you're just going off of how the conflict is going, you have to be so mindful of that. Tone of voice is everything. Growing up, I heard that a lot with my family because I can be so direct, a little bit of a bitch, to be honest, if I try and make an effort to really take my emotional side out and just say what I'm feeling, how I'm thinking, and it can come off a little bit too sharp, which is not obviously great if you're the person who is fighting with me can make it seem like I'm a little bit insensitive where with Aaron you can be a little condescending you like to like kind of poke fun not poke fun but you like to like make jokes of the situation to try and prove a point yeah and sometimes that doesn't always work with Lizzie and again like Lizzie said sometimes the way that her sharp approach can be doesn't always sit well with me but hey, it's something that we're working on and we just try to be better every time we get into one of these situations. You could say the same sentence in two different tones and it could hit a person in such different ways. So just thinking about that and saying that out loud, like it makes so much sense. But when you're in it, it's hard to remember that. Yeah, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Exactly. Another thing that we tend to struggle with or we have very different styles of, it makes me think of fight or flight. When we're in arguing situations or conflict, you are definitely more, I think, fight and I'm a little bit more 
flight in some ways, not like 100%, but when Aaron and I are fighting or when I'm arguing with anybody, I tend to stay in one place. I tend to stick my ground where I'm sitting and I don't really move or fidget that much because I'm just overwhelmed with what is actually happening where Aaron, you're different. You pace around, you walk around like you're on the couch or standing up, like you're all over the place because that's probably what your mind is going through. Yeah, when there is conflict and especially when it gets to the point of an argument, I just I get so much energy in my body that I need if I don't release it in some other way, I'm it's going to come out loud verbally and yelling. So the adrenaline, I feel like you you get a lot more adrenaline when it comes to conflict than I do. Like yeah. we just deal with it differently, which is fine. And there's no right or wrong way to do it. But just recognizing that people have different methods to cope in those situations. So I find that usually what works is if one person is yelling to call that and say, hey, like you're yelling, by the way, can you bring your voice down or you're stressing me out by doing X, Y and Z. Most of the times when we resolve something is when we're both sitting on the same level and talking in a lower tone of voice because one person yells, the other person yells and it just gets louder and louder. And that's never good. I read this somewhere, but like when you're on the same literal playing field or same level arguing with someone, it makes a really big difference to help resolve whatever that conflict is. So with that being said, we're going to dive into developing some of the different healthy conflict management skills because let's face it, we all need them in our relationship toolbox. So first things first, why does it even matter? Well, in that videotape analysis, they shed some light that these specific verbal and nonverbal skills for healthy conflict management is like having superpowers in the relationship game. So what are these skills? Number one, and what is probably the most important, is active listening. It's not just about hearing the words. It's about truly understanding what the other person is saying. That means put down your phone, make eye contact with them, nod along, show that you're tuned in and you're ready to understand and listen to what the other person has to say. And this is something that we struggle with sometimes because, yeah, sometimes we're not best at articulating exactly what we're trying to say. Definitely. So even with the active listening, it's... Like sometimes you mean to say something, but you say something different and then the other person hears it that way do you know what i mean like i'll speak for myself when i'm feeling really overwhelmed i find it like it twice as hard for me to come up with what i want to say and then like when we're fighting I, people say it a lot when you're fighting you, you're not really listening to what the person's saying you're thinking about the next thing you want to yeah. say to like better your point or try and win the side which is not a good thing and i can't emphasize this enough for us active listening it really helps and that it all comes back to the tone of voice and the maintaining, like sitting down, calming down when you're having these conflict resolution sessions, we'll call them. Yeah, there's no active listening happening when we're yelling at each other. Exactly. So if you're yelling at each other, you're not going to get a lot done. Listen to each other. Listen to what you have to say. Weigh out the pros and cons. And yeah, just make sure you're fully understanding what the actual conflict is, because if not, you can create conflicts out of nothing. Yep. Expressing emotion is another really big one. So not just like the anger that you're feeling in the moment, but also expressing to your partner like, hey, you did this. You said this made me upset. And here's why. That is so important. Being able to express yourself and how you feel without bottling it up or exploding is a game changer. We've both been at fault for it. It's all about finding the right words and the balance in your tone to be able to communicate your feelings appropriately. So it's okay if you're feeling really hurt that maybe you raise your voice a little bit, but also if you're hurt, it also doesn't hurt to like show a bit of your vulnerability and sadness in that situation because it could bring the mood down a bit and make the other person calmer as well when they see that you're being a bit more open to, I guess, how you're feeling. And I don't know if I'm articulating that properly, but Expressing an emotion other than anger is important. At least I know for me that I've requested Lizzie to do is that 
if there's something that's bothering her, if she has a conflict that she wants to bring up with me, come at me in a happy tone when we're in a good mood. Don't bottle it all up and then start to bring stuff out when we're fighting because I, I, I don't react well to that. And then I just take it as... I don't want to say it as an attack, but it's like... Kind of. You get like defensive because you're like not expecting it. But the thing that's hard about that too, which I I hope people can relate, is there's never a perfect time to bring up these things. Like sometimes like you just wish you could bring it up in a good positive moment, but you don't realize that there's an issue to like you're in a bad situation and then you're like, this is what it's stemming from. So this is so difficult. I can't imagine like if it's difficult for us, what it could be like for other couples as well who are going through worse or like less worse things. But you're totally right. There are situations where I should bring it up in a better way, but you struggle with it where you just don't bring things up at all until like I I end up starting a fight about something and then you bring up other things that like have been upsetting you. You guys, this is just a learning journey. Like we're not perfect, obviously, for listening to this podcast. Like clearly we fight about shit, but I think this is a great tip that has come from that study of just express your emotion. Just continue to do it. Yeah, and so... A good way of dealing with your partner when maybe they're not expressing their emotions fully properly like you want them to is to just have empathy for the person. Put yourself in their shoes, understand their perspective. Even if you don't agree, it helps to foster a sense of connection. It's like saying, I might not get it, but I'm here with you. I understand where you're coming from. And that can really go a long way in not only just building a deeper emotional connection, but in calming the nerves that come with dealing with conflict. We touched on this before, but again, I'm more logical and Lizzie's a lot more emotional. So me being empathetic towards her, especially in those moments, is something I really struggle with. It's like pulling teeth, you guys. Yeah, I know. It's, hey, I have my flaws. I uh, It sucks, but... The amount of effort it takes for me to be like, can you at least just say you like see me or like you see that I'm coming from just a different perspective that I don't agree with you? You're logical. You're not going to say that you, I understand where you're coming from unless you like actually understand it. And most of the times you don't because we just have different opinions, which is fine, but it goes a long way if I hear those words come out of your mouth and you say that to me i'm the back of my mind i know you're like not fully understanding what i'm saying but you're just saying i'm here with you we're on this journey together i think this is probably one of the hardest things that i have trying to come to terms with and especially when i'm in one of those heated moments where i just got all this energy it's so hard for me to fathom someone making a decision emotionally even though in those moments i am emotional but i'm emotional in a way that i just want logic to be like the only thing that's happening so yeah sometimes it's hard for me to emphasize with lizzie and it, you know sometimes it'll take until after the argument for me to calm down and be like oh shit like i was in the wrong here or i really shouldn't have got upset the way i did i see where she's coming from but i know just be graceful to your partner and be understanding you can agree honestly sometimes agreeing to disagree is what you need if you get the sense that people aren't going to come to a conclusion that's fine but have empathy put yourself in other people's shoes because like you don't know what they're going through even if they're not you and they don't have the same thought processes as you if you don't put out that hand of empathy i just feel like it's not going to do you any good yes i couldn't agree more so effective communication is the next one this is like the language of love in conflict resolution Clearly articulating your thoughts, needs, and expectations avoids misunderstandings. It's about being precise and avoiding the blame game. So this kind of circles back to where I was saying I'd prefer if Lizzie came at me soft and collected so that I can really help to understand her points. But we're not, I think we do all right with 
communicating effectively, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? I think we where we struggle with is the misunderstandings. Like if I don't understand something or you don't understand something about my perspective, we can literally sit there for like however many iterations of like I don't understand what you're saying explain what you're saying to me and then the person explains it and they still don't get it so they're like I don't understand what you're saying and then they're like I just explained it to you like how do you not understand so that is something I think we like have a harder time with so this kind of reminds me of like sometimes it takes us longer like maybe a couple hours to get to the ending of that of understanding what the person actually was trying to say Does that make sense? I think I said a lot of things right there, but... I think that kind of made sense. And again, it just comes back to maybe you'll have to pause the fight in the middle of a fight so that you can regain your thoughts, realize like the spaces where the other person isn't understanding what you're saying. So then you can come at them with, I guess, a different approach. Yeah, this kind of goes nicely into the next point, point five, which is respecting your person's boundary. And having some patience. So everyone has their limits. Recognizing and respecting each other's boundaries during conflict is so important. So it's like saying, I see where you're drawing the line and I respect that. And I'll try my way to not get to that point to trigger you and make you that upset. So boundaries is everything. Be super clear with your partner on what your boundaries are. My boundaries with Aaron is I don't like it when we're like fighting that we get too close. I don't like being too close to you. I like having a bit of space while we're arguing so that we have space to look at each other, like see each other's bodies, but not getting into each other's faces, I guess. Like, I don't like fighting like that. Yeah. I, I, what do you think my boundaries are? I think your boundaries are not being interrupted, right? Yeah. Like, I think what I've learned upsets you quite a bit is if you're like talking and I like cut you off because I'm like trying to prove a point or like you, I feel like you said something that like isn't true to what I meant. Yeah. Like I need to have, I need to be patient and respect your boundary of don't cut him off if he's saying something. Wait till he's like fully done and then say my part, you know? Yeah. And I tend to be an over explainer too. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> That's probably why it's hard for Lizzie to not just cut in and start saying something. But yeah, the reason it I guess it pisses me off more in the situations is that like, you know, I'll, maybe I'll say three or four extra sentences than I needed to explain my point, but I still haven't gotten to the actual <laughs> point I was trying to make. So then Lizzie's like, well, anyway. Yeah. And I'm like, hello, are you going to get to your point and answer my question? And you're like, I oh. was going to get there. <laughs> yeah. So that's one. The last one is seeking solutions. Instead of dwelling on the problem, shift the focus on finding the solution. Oftentimes we can find ourselves being like, well, you did this yesterday and you did this a couple months ago and you did this then. Like, what's the point? It has already happened. Like talking so much and putting your so much energy into why it happened is not important. Figure out a way to make it better and not have it happen again or try your best not to get there. That is where I think all the energy really should be going into. It's like turning a we can to how can we. This is a forward thinking approach to solving conflicts in a constructive way. So most of the times conflicts come up because, it, you know, there's a problem and most problems have solutions. I don't think we've ever gone in a fight where there wasn't a solution, right? Yeah. And on top of that, you have to understand that there isn't always a great solution. Something could come up and one solution is bad and the other solution is really bad. But I think what you really just should strive for is picking the best solution of the solutions. Best solution of the solutions. Yeah. I think what you should strive for is picking the best solution out of the options that you have. Because if you're just going to sit around and argue about stuff that's just never going to help anything, like, yeah, you might find an extra little tidbit that be constructive and help. Come up with a solution. Try it out. If it doesn't work, figure something else out. But yeah, you should really be goal oriented in seeking a solution and not winning the argument. 
want. Yeah. And it may mean that you don't get what you want to go with the solution that is best for that situation. So it may leave me not being as happy with what the outcome is and Aaron a little bit more happy and vice versa. That's compromise. That is what it is being in a relationship. Not everybody's going to be happy about it all the time. You have to do stuff you don't want to do sometimes. And that is just a part of life. And it's a part of conflict. Exactly. This goes into, we, we took a test. We took a conflict resolution style test. And so from a study that we found online, as individuals, there are five different ones and how each of these can influence you and your relationship and the relationship satisfaction that come out at the end of it. The first one is collaborating style. This is like more of a focus on like, getting a win and win outcome there's the competing style which takes a win to lose approach this emphasizes like a bit more of assertiveness quick decision making individuals in this style prioritize their own goals over others the compromising style aims for a middle ground seeking partial win for each party that's involved accommodating style is someone who prioritizes just harmony and relationship preservation meaning that sometimes they have to give away their needs and desires for others and the last one is the avoiding style this involves just ignoring, sidestepping conflicts altogether, maybe pushing things under the rug. So let's start off with your test results, Aaron. We'll start off with actually what we both scored the least of the five. Yeah, so we're pretty similar. And we've said this before, we like taking our approaching challenges head on. So the one we both got the least score for was the avoid avoiding style. I think it makes sense. Like we, we don't like to ignore things. If we know that they're there and present in our relationship, we don't avoid those situations. Yeah, we're not afraid to bring something up and start a fight if it means that you know something has to get done or a conflict has to get resolved so my top two conflict resolution styles were accommodating and collaborating I actually thought like when you took the test that the accommodating style would be within your top, not specifically maybe with like, I mean, with our relationship, but a lot of friend relationships and family situations, you're you're very accommodating. Like you prioritize just keeping the relationship good and healthy, even if you think about some things that you want to share that may bring a little bit of disharmony. You're very accommodating to your friends. You're pretty much down to do whatever, even if it's not like your top pick. But yeah, I wasn't surprised that I came to see that as like a top result for you. Yeah, and I would say the same for you. You know, you're also very accommodating. You'll, I think you're realistic enough that you'd want to just make everyone happy and come up with the best solution. But your second most... <laughs> Wait, before we talk about my second one, can we talk about your second one first? All right, my second one was collaborating. So... I guess it's somewhat similar to accommodating, but collaborating is just let's all come up with the best solution together. It's making sure that I guess you're hearing all sides of the story and using that to come up with a resolution to a conflict. But yeah, that makes sense. I feel like those are quite close to each other. I guess if you had to pick two, that would be like most similar. That is true. And you're very collaborating. Even with us, when we find your approach is always to like try and come up with a win outcome. And I appreciate that a lot about you'll find out from my second top thing that I got scored in, it really helps me having you have an accommodating and collaborating style because that is where I lack. So my second that I got the highest scoring was in competing. So this is where you quick decision making. I'm impulsive. I've always been this way. So I think that kind of makes sense. Aiming for victory. This is definitely like a bit of a fault that I have that I like to work on. It's, I, I can use it to my benefit. Yeah, definitely. In certain situations. I think there's a reason why I was like in the debate club when I was younger, like very academically driven in that sort of sense. But you definitely have moments where it's my way or the highway and oh you God. have to get what you want. Yeah, I'm working on it. And a part of this too is I grew up 
in a only child environment. Maybe that's something that's interesting that we haven't mm. really talked about is you have an older sibling and you have two younger siblings. Like I didn't, I mean, I have older siblings, but I didn't live with my siblings growing up. Like it was just my parents and myself and my siblings lived in other homes, just like with family situations. But maybe that's where it comes from. I, You know what? I'd like to see some research on that, but I do not doubt it. I wasn't that shocked seeing that come up as a top thing for me. You have to just recognize your strengths and weaknesses and I definitely have a bit of competing in me I think it's the Aries in me the fire sign in me and going through therapy it has really helped me realize that it's not a good thing and sometimes you really have to take a step back and be more collaborating with your partner so shout out Nikita you've definitely helped me go towards that path a little bit more with my relationship with Aaron and how I navigate certain things yeah thank you Nikita so those are the five different conflict resolution styles what do you guys think you are I feel like with most of our friends that we have, we could probably like pick their styles because it's not so different from your loving part, like yeah, loving relationships versus like friends. And that was another thing that like it was hard when I was taking the test. It's only a 20 question, super quick, easy test. We can probably put a link to it somewhere. But like I'm definitely different when it comes to you and I versus what I am with my friends. Yes. Yeah. So it's hard. The way that I think about it is if there's one person in your life that you're probably going to fight with the most, it's probably your like partner. Yeah. Right. So they see a different side of you than like a friend. So I see where you're coming from. It's taking that test. Yeah. And uh, well, yeah, I see my friends a lot, but I'm not with my friends 10 hours a day, every day, no matter what. I see them a couple hours a week. So maybe where with you, if I have an issue or a conflict, I want to resolve it. Whereas with them, it's like, eh, well, is it worth discussing this, <laughs> going over it for the couple hours that we're seeing each other? Probably not. So whatever. Okay. I think we're getting into our kind of last section here. And it's the role of empathy and understanding in resolving conflicts. We touched on this a little bit, but um, we're just going to explain how empathy and perspective taking can contribute to positive conflict resolution strategies and relationships and discuss the importance of understanding each other's emotional needs and communication styles. So conflict is inevitable, but how we navigate it makes all the difference. Empathy is the ability to understand and share another person's feelings. It's like the superhero of conflict resolution. When we step into our partner's shoes, it changes the game. Research by Cortain and Glowicks in 2018 emphasized just how powerful empathy can be in resolving conflicts and relationships. It's not about agreeing on everything, but it's about truly understanding where the other person is coming from. This is so huge. Let's be real here. This is something that you struggle with. I'm naturally a very empathetic person. And so a lot of the times when we fight, this kind of comes from my competing style, like my way or the highway. But I always try and make an effort to be like, I see where you're coming from. Your perspective is very different from mine. But you have your own perspective and I can't fault you for that. Where for you being so logical, you struggle. Yeah, I need, I don't know. I try to, I guess how my brain works, I think of all the different scenarios, of all the different potential solutions, all the different conflicts. And for better or for worse, I probably do that like, a little too quickly and so I might miss some details once in a while so if I think that I've thought of every solution and I have an idea of what the best one is in my head I need some like hardcore evidence to prove me wrong yeah to like sway you yeah. away from what your thought is so unless I like say exactly what Aaron understands like he just will never understand and so that's where like I think the lack of empathy can come from and so this is where I use like being an emotional as my strength because obviously this is a very important pillar 
in conflict resolution and how to go how to navigate like conflict with your partner and this is i mean this is why it's a key section within all the studies and stuff but empathy is everything something that we're constantly working on and i and sometimes it's just a matter of asking your partner to be like empathetic i need to hear you say that like it's okay that you don't agree with me but you see that i have a different perspective but sometimes you're like i don't even understand that perspective so that's not a perspective that's like in my realm of knowing perspective it's something i try to work on but like i said it's a constant you got to constantly try to make yourself better yeah it's all about perspective taking this is like the sidekick to empathy so it's all about seeing the situation from your partner's view realizing that their experiences feelings and even their way of expressing themselves just might be different from yours and that is okay in fact it's nice and it's beautiful because it opens the door for a deeper connection even if he takes you 20 fights to get there to a point of feeling more connected to your partner that way or even getting a sense of knowing that they understand you a little bit better after those situations then i think it's a yeah i couldn't agree more something i really struggle with is taking the perspective of someone else maybe i have a bit of an ego that <laughs> i always think i'm right but i don't know it's like the alpha we've talked about it before but like i hope this is not a misogynistic comment but some males struggle with having that alpha within them of having to like speak louder talk louder stand up and have that complex to try and prove that they're right and they have to be right and it's hard to see it any other way a part of human nature how we were as hunter and gatherers and like that was your guys responsibility to go out there and face conflict and be right and conquer all i don't know i think that has something to do with it of how you are like in your romantic relationships yeah it's yeah there's something in there maybe it's the testosterone i don't know but probably yeah and this just comes from understanding each other's emotional needs we all have unique different emotional landscapes and when we get a map of our partners conflicts becomes less about winning and losing and more about the finding solution that works for both parties like we said a ton of times in this podcast communication styles play a huge role here so some of us might be more direct like myself and Aaron while others also prefer a softer approach what's funny about this is that we're both quite direct but we both need a softer approach yeah, yeah. I agree <laughs> so if I don't if I'm not approached with like softly with a you know good vibe good tone then yeah. I can get heated pretty quickly and I think for you if I come at you with something a little more aggressive you'll get just overwhelmed yeah uh, like you said the flight response you'll shrink down like won't talk like won't listen properly also not be able to like communicate my feelings properly so you have to, yeah you just have to learn what your partners is if they're the same or different use it to learn something and there's always a solution no matter what your style is it's not just about saying sorry or reaching a compromise it's about forging a deeper connection by truly getting each other wow this was a big episode yeah it was i don't know if you guys could hear in the tone of our voices throughout the episode of us talking about different things whether aaron was talking louder i was talking louder vice versa because not that we were like fighting making this episode there's a few moments where we had to pause and be like i think you're getting a little too heated about this topic because it hits close to home there was definitely a couple, <laughs> just... of, a couple of pauses in there to say all right hold on now. like let's take a drink of water let's take a breather like let's get back to the topic at hand i think this all goes to prove why this is so important how to fight fair respect your partner and reconnect in your relationship because it is really the key to everything if you love your partner enough and you care about them hopefully you will put in the effort to make it work and maybe even try and change some of your behaviors to make a healthy relationship and we are not here to encourage any toxic relationship behaviors to twist anything that we said here that not it at all this is for healthy relationships where you're both loving and caring but you just go through life shit together that sucks sometimes yeah and it's not about avoiding the disagreements it's about navigating them with finesse emotional release and addressing each other's different differences so that inevitably 
effectively. You can foster more effective communication, maintain that emotional connection throughout the conflict and post-conflict especially. Yeah, prevent that resentment from building up over time, you guys. That is like the devil in a relationship, I think, when it comes to conflict. It all just really leads to more relationship growth and trust between you and your partner that not only help with the conflict resolutions, but really help with the good times too. Like if you have more trust, if you have a deeper emotional connection, then your relationship's just going to be better. That's yeah the way it is life would be so boring if everything was so amazing 24 7 and it was all rainbows and butterflies what well, makes it more worthwhile and strong i don't know like makes you feel more stable i guess in a relationship is when you can go through the peaks and lows of a relationship because then you get to like really enjoy it and especially when Aaron and i when we come out of a hard rut of arguing constantly about small things and then we have a period where we don't we're like wow this is so nice we've worked <laughs> through it not to say like it probably won't come again in a couple of months but it's just a constant process hopefully there was something in this episode that you guys took away from it that you can apply it to your own personal relationship because we know this stuff is something that we probably need to be reminded of constantly every once in a while we're no experts on this even if we go to therapy once in a while yeah it's just it takes work it takes work it's not easy it's freaking hard to keep things going and positive i couldn't agree more all right you guys thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode appreciate you guys being here don't forget to follow us on instagram subscribe rate if you guys enjoyed our episode And we will see you all next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye.